We're doing Tucson later for a business thing, you know. What kind of business you in? One career all females have in common, being a woman. Something's crossed over in me. When I'm good, I'm very good. But when I'm bad, I'm better. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Hello, listeners. I'm here with a very special guest. This is the perfect guest to talk about this subject. <laughs> so this is the third episode that I'm going to be releasing on the movie Carol, this Carol season. And this wonderful podcast host, I, I've been listening to like, I'd say over the past year and devoured the four episode series you did on Carol. <laughs> I did. And so I took a risk. I reached out I reached out to him and he agreed to come on. So dear guest, would you mind introducing yourself? Emily, hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you and to talk about Carol during Carol season. Yes. Um, uh, I'm Mortada El Fadl. I am a journalist and a film curator. I write at Variety. I program at Doc NYC and New Fest. And I also host the Izzy and Mortada picture show podcast. But previously, I did another podcast called <laughs> Sundays with Kate, where I went through Kate Blanchett's filmography and discussed almost every movie she has made and Mrs. America, the TV series. And I devoted four episodes to Carol because it is maybe the best movie she's made. Yes, um, loved that I remember being like when is he gonna do Carol when is he gonna do Carol and you're like okay don't worry everyone I just you were saving it yeah I was saving it because you know it's a, it was a podcast project that took a couple of years because I took breaks and whatever yeah. you know because we all have seven jobs yes. um <laughs> so so it was something you know that it took me a while to get through the whole filmography, but, and I did save Carol to like the last few episodes. Yeah, just... and then I think the last you did Tar, right? When Tar came out. Yes. Um. So after I ended the podcast, then I came back, and when Tar was released, and did Tar. Um. So if she makes another movie, I'm sure she will. We'll probably come back then too. <laughs> oh, of course, that's awesome. And I think when I messaged you last, you had just wrapped up with with New Fest, right? Yes. Yeah. I had wrapped up with New Fest and then two weeks later I had Doc NYC, but now I'm wrapped up with both. Um and just that, back to you. Is that a relief or <laughs> it is a relief, but it's you you miss them, you know, it's a concentrated month of amazing times. You meet filmmakers from all over the world, people committed to their work, passionate about it. You meet audiences who love movies. You know, you are in kind of a zone, a high all day, nice. going from screening to screening, Q&A to Q&A, party to party. And then suddenly, you know, in the middle of it, you get tired and it ends and you sleep and then you wake up and be like, oh, I missed that time. It was nice. <laughs> <laughs> how, how long was it? How long did that take? Um... Uh, it was kind of, New Fest was 10 days and Doc NYC was maybe eight days. So it's like three weeks in total. But uh, yeah, but I had two weeks in between. So I was able to um, relax and rejuvenate between the festivals. That's good. Sorry. That's yeah. my husband. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Matata was just saying this, his, the um, Doc NYC and New Fest took, it was like three weeks and then you had some time to just. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah regroup yes. and re <laughs> he just said <laughs> you yeah. had to, you had time to regroup okay that's good yeah by the way I didn't hear I saw your husband but I didn't hear anything oh, any noise he made so just I think you you, you should be my, okay my settings are are good but yeah I always worry about that we just adopted he, she's a Saint Bernard Great Pyrenees mix she's 80 pounds and still growing we just adopted her because my boss couldn't handle her with having a, like a, a little baby at home. So it's her first week with us and I already have another dog. So. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Two. That's great. Been a little crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, so yes. Um, 
I have my little outline I'm, I'm following here. Okay, cool. Great. So, I'll follow your lead. Awesome. Can you talk about your origin with Kate Blanchett? <laughs> your, oh your my God. Oh, so I have loved her since I saw Elizabeth, um, which awesome. was a while ago now. Um, I remember, you know, I was just starting, you know, as a teenager falling in love with movies with actresses um and I saw Elizabeth and I was like who is this <laughs> um who is this creature where did she come from um she was flung out of space Murtada <laughs> she was flung out of space and I just immediately connected with her and I was like oh I love her. She's great. How how does she do what she does? Mm-hmm. And um I've just never stopped like loving her, following her career. Was there were some tough times in the 2000s where she made a lot of bad movies. Oh man. What was going uh, on? Yeah, what were some of the what were some of her 2000s ones? I can't Um The Gift, which was she's great in it, but it's not a good movie. Uh, where she's like a she like is she has powers, right? Yeah, she she's a psychic. Okay. Uh, Pushing Tin, which was terrible. Um, <laughs> the Missing, their own Howard movie, the, the western. western, the western. Yeah, yes. Um, I love that she did a western, though. I do love. Yeah, that. she she tried a lot of things, and yeah. and what she was trying to do, I realized, is she was trying to learn to be a movie actor because she's a theater actor. Yep. And she was also trying to break out from Elizabeth because probably they tried to just. Box her into historical epics, and she was refused to do another until she played Elizabeth again. Um, but then you know, she found Todd Haynes and she found Martin Scorsese and she found David Fincher and she started making great movies. And you know, I'm so happy she did two with Todd Haynes. I'm not there, and Carol. So, um, we're waiting for number three. He needs to, he needs to, now that he's done his seven movies with Julianne, he needs to do his third with Kate. Yeah, (laughs) because. Did, wait, did you happen to see May December yet? I know it's not officially released, but you no, know, I saw it. Yes, I saw it at the New York Film Festival. Yes. What do you think? Uh, I loved it. It's great. Todd Haynes is back because I think between Carol, since Carol, he's been lost a little bit, but he's back yeah. with this movie, and it's it's very fun and funny, and the actresses, both Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman, are out of this world good. Um, and it's kind of a duet, kind of like um Kate and Rooney Mara oh, because I they're, they're not lovers but they're sort of antagonists and there is a lot of see and the the movie really pops in the scenes where they're together where they share the screen kind of like Carol where you know there's all these amazing scenes between Kate and Rooney Mara and you're like who do I love more who is my favorite and you you know you kind of change your mind um <laughs> lots of time during during right. their their scenes together yes do you think do you think Todd Haynes is at his best working with actresses? Oh, for sure. I think even he admits that and knows it. And it's one of, um, I read an interview with him once when he's like, he likes that he's known as an actress director because means actresses send him scripts that they want him yeah. to to direct for them. Um, yeah. And he's always at his best when, you know, he's exploring because he's he's a queer filmmaker and he yeah. most of his movies are about identity and about you know even if even if the the protagonists in Carol they are openly queer but even if they're not queer like in Safe and his other movies there is something with their identity with how they belong in the world that's a little askew and they're trying to fit into the boxes that society is trying to put them in. And that's kind of the things that he's obsessed with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a, a part of May, December. Nobody's queer in this film, at least yeah. not outwardly, um, <laughs> not but explicitly. Uh, <laughs> not explicitly. Yes. Um, and, uh, but it's still about narcissists and about, people trying to uh, manipulate other people. And it's about, like you say, who's Zooming who, which is a lot of what he does um, in his movies. Carol being his best movie. Oh, Carol. <laughs> oh, I love Carol. I'm obsessed with Carol. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've been, a, I've been a Kate fan for a while. But, I mean, Carol came out in 2015, so I was still in my 20s. and um, But I didn't become aware of it until a few years afterward oh it's funny too because i was i was recording so i 
we recorded the episode for Carol, but it was so good that I was like, no, we're going to split this into two episodes. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but my, it was my, uh, my best friend and I, we were just kind of reminiscing on um, working in retail. And, uh-huh. <laughs> and so when I saw this, I was like, oh, I just, why can't that happen? Why couldn't that have happened to me? <laughs> Kate Blanchett appears out of nowhere oh. in in her uh, blonde glory and leaves you her her, her gloves. Uh, gloves. Like, dress, like dressed like <laughs> dressed like Carol though. Like it's 2015, but she's dressed like Carol and she yes. walks in the coals. Yeah. Yes. That had that coat, the costumes in this movie, everything in this movie is so perfect. And I think it's also sort of like it's the character, right? Because the character is wants to exude perfection and not show you her real self but she does exude perfection she yeah. perfects it um everything with her is so perfect it's just so um and it also we see, yeah we see her through Therese's eyes who yeah. see her as this object of desire um and when you're that in love with someone you just see their best right I know I like oh I was talking with Rachel, who I recorded this with, and I was just talking about how many moments in this movie where I just scream internally, <laughs> and it's pretty much any time Carol shows up on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, like the moment so- when, um, yeah, when Therese is at Frankenberg's, and I just love how it was shot. I think um, the cinematographer, Ed Lockman, I think it was, mm-hmm. the way the camera, you, you know, we have Therese's perspective, and she's just kind of idly looking around the, the store, and then it's blurry, but then all of a sudden, Carol comes into focus wearing yeah. red, like a red hat, red scarf, red lipstick, mm-hmm. red nails, and um, oh, I just I scream, I scream every time. Yeah, she is all. Um, I'm assuming she's fifties feminine perfection. Um, she really is, and she's playing queer, which is I love that. Yeah, I love that she's like hyper feminine. It's almost like a performance of idealized femininity. Mm-hmm. Like white suburban femininity, um, kind of like uh, Julianne Moore's character in Far From Heaven. Yes, yeah, right? totally. Th- there are similarities between the film in that they're both set in the same time, but I think the difference is that there's a lot of artifice, art, you yeah. know, um, in Far From Heaven, intentional, like Douglas. But yeah. yes, but Carol, it's more realistic and it's more emotional. Like these women break down emotionally almost yeah. in every scene while outwardly keeping yeah. it all in. There's like volcanoes inside them that they can't show to each other. But, so you know, right. you see it in their eyes. You see it in the performances. You're so right, Murtada. I've been I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about about this movie and uh, reading reviews. And it's so crazy how people's opinions vary not so much on Kate but on Rooney Mara where the, some people are like she's a blank slate I don't see anything and other people are like she's roiling like underneath the surface mm-hmm. I fall into the latter category yes. I yeah. think she does a beautiful job and I I don't get the feeling I don't understand why people are saying I don't I she's just blank I'm like no 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 she's not just watch watch the performance especially yeah that, that last scene um, you see everything. Oh my God, you see it all. And and she's somebody, you know, the character is someone who's really young, inexperienced, yeah. doesn't mm-hmm. know how to express themselves. You know, in that scene in the when they're having lunch, she says, you know, I barely know how to order lunch. And it's yeah. true. And yeah. so she has to express that. She's not sure. She yeah. knows she's feeling these feelings for this woman, but also she doesn't have the vocabulary to doesn't talk about them. It. Yeah. Because... um. Yeah, we were talking about how that, you know, after they um, consummate their romance in Waterloo and they're in the car and and Therese is like, when she's really kind of beating herself up and she's like, I take everything. I don't know what I want. And I was thinking, yeah, Therese, you do, because, you know, you came on this trip because you wanted to and you said no to Richard because you said, I say yes to everything. But she clearly mm. kept she turned Richard down again and again and again. But yeah. I think because of, you know, not, you know, the time period and also maybe who Therese is, she can't really um, recognize the feeling she's having as wants. She's just kind of figuring it out. Right. She's, yes. Yeah. She's kind of a, a drift a little bit where she's like, I'm feeling this intense attraction, but she's like, 
but it can't be attraction, right? Like when she asked Richard, have you yeah. ever fallen in love with a boy? And he's like, uh, no. What is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she's like, she's figuring it out. Yes. Um, yeah, it's um, it's a beautiful performance. And she charts that journey so well. And in the end, you know, when she's more confident, she kind of dresses a little bit like Carol oh, too. Um, and you see sort of like that transformation in the performance. It's very subtle. It's not like, you know, there's no makeover montage. It's just <laughs> somebody growing up and becoming themselves. I love her in this. They both, um, you know, you mentioned we were talking about Todd Haynes kind of being someone who loves being considered a, a, a women's director. And that just makes me think of like George Cukor being called, he directed women's pictures. There's yeah. something very old Hollywood about that. And there's something very like um, old Hollywood about Kate and Rooney. They kind of have this like old world glamour mystique thing mm -hmm. that yeah. I just love. And I think it, I think they're both so perfect. They they look like they stepped out of a time machine and mm -hmm. yeah. they're on the screen. And it and both of them, I think, um, I think in one of the episodes you you talked about how Kate's really kind of like one of the last old-fashioned movie stars. <laughs> mm, yeah, yes. Because there's that distance. She doesn't, it's not like it, even in like the 90s when we had, you know, Julia Roberts and uh the, you know, the only exposure you would get to her would be like on entertainment tonight and like people magazine yeah exactly that doesn't really yeah she, she keeps the mystery because yeah. she is a movie star but she's also an actor and I think mm -hmm. it's what I love about her is that you we don't know much I mean if you want to know about her life I'm sure you can google and find out but yeah. there is not much well known we don't know everything she thinks or whatever um and so you just keep falling in love with the characters she yeah. plays and she has this amazing screen presence mm -hmm. because when she's in a frame, you can't, you almost can't look elsewhere. Yeah. Um, it takes a very strong actor to be in the same frame with her and right. make you look at them and not her. And especially in Carol, you know, I think of her as a, as, um, as Marlena Dietrich, if she was oh. a New Jersey housewife, the blonde hair and, and you know, she played kind of a Marlena Dietrich in The Good German with Steven Soderbergh, where she was German. Mm -hmm. um, but I think this is the movie that sort of just lets her play that ultimate, ultra, ultimate femininity. Yes. Oh, she's, um, she's everything. She's, she's she everything. is everything. everything. And, yeah. and and I love that the movie, the, the, the performance is also, you know, there's a duality to the performance because she's playing Carol, the character, yep. but she's also playing Teresa's idea of Carol. So, and you see in the scenes with Rooney, she's playing that ideal woman. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that scene where at the Christmas and, and Teresa's at the piano and she gets up uh, in that perfect... Yeah, like a ballet dancer getting up. Oh. And it's just so perfect because I think in that moment, we are looking at her through Therese's eyes and Therese just see her gliding up. She doesn't see her as a human being. She sees her as this yeah. ethereal figure. But, you know, when you see her with Harge or with her daughter or yeah. with Sarah Paulson, then that facade is is um, is laid open and you mm -hmm. see the hurt that this woman is um, is feeling or, you know, in that amazing scene uh, at the lawyer's office um, yes. that we are not uh, we're not ugly people hard. And, you know, it's um, it's that contrast, that duality is what makes this performance so fascinating. Yes. Oh, uh, I could talk. Yeah, I could talk about this movie forever. Have you have you watched it recently? Um. I have seen Carol so many times. <laughs> so I felt I didn't need to see it. But as I was preparing to talk to you, I'm like, let me just put it on. And so it's on Netflix. So if you're in the United States, don't deny yourself Carol during Carol season. Just get oh. that Netflix, put that Netflix and chill. So I did, I did not watch all of it, but I watched most of it. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, fast forwarded through some non- Non-Kate scenes. Non-Carol, non-Carol <laughs> non Dread scenes. Because there are a so couple. Like, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And then I think you've mentioned in when in some of your episodes that you've been able to go to screenings. And I'm so jealous. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So in, if you're in New York, um, the Metrograph, which is a cinema downtown, 
actually not far from where I live, um, has a Christmas season and they always play the 35 millimeter carol every December. Um, and so um, I'm hoping to be able to, because I was just talking to a friend and we were like, we need to celebrate carol season. So I'm hoping to go this year, although December looks very busy. So I hopefully yeah. I'll find I'll find a night to go. But, you know, it's still on Netflix. I can watch it anytime. Yeah, anytime. It's not the same. <laughs> it's no, it's not. not. The same. I, I, I'm, you know, that's that's a great regret of mine that I never, I haven't gotten to see it on the big screen. I've looked to see if there are any screenings around Phoenix. I haven't found any. I'm like, there are yeah. in the play, but that's like six hours away from me. So yeah. Well, you can maybe start something with your local cinema and see okay. if they'll find a print and play it. I'm sure you'll find a few, a couple of hundred people to come see oh, it. Oh, I think <laughs> I could. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Phoenix is big. Phoenix is yeah. big. over a million yeah. people and I could probably find yeah. someone. <laughs> yes, for sure. Oh, I um, love that. I love that. I was thinking about the little touches in the movie that stand out to me. I've seen it. Uh, I've seen the movie a number of times. Mm -hmm. uh, but like I was thinking about what are the little grace notes that I, that I pick up on in the performances. And one of them is when they I think they're in Chicago and they're going to dinner and um there's that weird display case that has a ham in it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. It's so weird. It's so weird. That uh, That's yeah. not the Christ that I'm talking about. The one I'm talking about is when the, the hostess is like, you know, what's your name? And then Therese actually says, Mrs. Aired, like room 624. And the mm -hmm. way Kate looks at her. I don't know. If, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. She looks at her. No, like, tell me what does she look? What does she, she do? She's like surprised and and turned on. <laughs> the way oh she, yes. <laughs> okay, now I remember. <laughs> she's surprised. She's turned on and she winks. I die. I yeah. die every time when you see her. She winks. She does this like little sly wink at Therese. Yes. I freak yeah. out. That's like one of those little grace notes that I love so can you think yeah. of any that kind of stick oh out? my god I have like 17 but I'll I'll mention a couple um so in the scene where they are in one of the hotels and Corey Michael Smith comes as um oh. that the guy who sells things the, the creepy guy the creepy dude and he's just talking talking and Kate is looks she has this bemused smile on her face but you know what she's thinking why are you interrupting us why are you talking uh, are you here why are you here? Why are you in the middle of us trying? And, you know, the scene acts on, you know, on so many levels because it's it gives you this macro idea about mm -hmm. delusional, stupid men always interrupting women in the middle of more important things, which is literally also what, what happens. happens at the beginning of the film. Literally. Yeah. But it's also, you know, all the undercurrent with this movie because there is always something there's something apparently happening and something happening that you need to figure out behind mm -hmm. behind what's what's apparent and so what's behind here is sort of like just Kate's annoyance but also her her bemusement because she knows that he might yeah. interrupt them now but he has no chance they're not gonna buy anything from him they're not gonna talk with him they're gonna be together soon and you know they're both kind of laughing. They both yeah, like yes. laughing on the inside yes. anyway. Yes, yes, yes. They're like, we just can't wait for you to get up and leave us. Please leave. <laughs> yeah, I love when he's just like, well, I have a sewing kit. And they just both look at him like, you buffoon. Why are you talking? Why are you here? Why are you yeah, why are you here? Exactly. Why are you still here? It's so good. Yes. Um, another uh, grace note that I really love is early in the film when Sarah Paulson as Carol's best friend is dropping her off at that Christmas party. I love that. And as she walks away, um, Kate clicks her heels together as if to say bye to Sarah, oh, who's looking so at her <laughs> walk away. And I was just like, oh, this is such a cute probably something they did to each other since you know um since known each was, other forever. They were, yeah, yeah they were friends since they were kids yeah I also love that Abby is driving with the top down in New York and like December. in winter isn't that crazy <laughs> that's in the book yes. that is straight out of the book I was like that these crazy women I don't know I know but it's it they look so glamorous would you have not wanted that top down oh, it looks so good they look with good. the scarves flying and the hair oh it looks so good no one pulls off scarf like uh 
Carol. Carol gives good scarf. And she, yeah, she gives a good scarf. She gives a good hat. She gives a good coat. She gives good nails. She's oh, just I love her. everything. <laughs> I was I was watching an interview with uh, Rooney Mara talking about this, and I remember mm-hmm. her talking about the first time she saw Kate as Carol, and just how overwhelming it was just to see her. Mm-hmm. She's just not unreal, unreal. Yeah. So yes. yeah, there's something very like theatrical but in a good way <laughs> about yes. Carol um, where you kind of feel like you're watching a Douglas Sirk movie but uh, I love it yeah. I love it I want to meet someone like that I just it's it's so amazing don't we all we all we should all be so lucky to um to meet someone like Carol There's also um, a- oh sorry. <laughs> sorry no 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 it's okay I was gonna mention something about the wigs because people are always surprised that they're all wearing wigs. But I think that's just for practicality because movies takes, take long time to shoot and they want to make sure the hair is always the same. From And it's perfect every time. And they don't <laughs> yes. have to waste time doing hair. Yes, yeah. Um, yes, exactly. But these wigs are perfect. <laughs> She's so blonde. She's so blonde. I love, I love Rooney Mara's hair at the end. She looks so good. She uh, yeah, yeah she, she pulls off that look that I don't know. I could imagine maybe Natalie Portman looking good in that in that kind of early 1950s hair and wardrobe, but mm-hmm, yeah. she just looks like um Todd Haynes was saying, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, she looks like Audrey Hepburn in this, but he was saying there was another actress named Jean Simmons. And mm. I looked her up and she really she looks a lot like she her. She looks like her, yeah. And yeah, then, and Jean Simmons was sort of like coming into her own also like getting mm-hmm. parts in movies around that time so maybe that was the inspiration yeah looks a lot like her and kind of like Jean Crane she has the yeah yeah just really like feminine I don't know demure just so pretty they, they yeah. both look so good I love it but I think I like the distinction between Audrey Hepburn who's very glamorous yeah and Jean Simmons who for lack of a better word is a little dumpy because <laughs> um because you know Therese is not sophisticated Therese is not glamorous by the end she's on her way she's getting and there t- she's getting there but she's not at the beginning so I think that distinction um that she's Jean Simmons and not Audrey Hepburn Audrey. is spot, yeah. spot on yeah love that um so another thing I love in this, I could just, you know, I could just watch the smoking scenes over and over again. <laughs> smoking oh, looks so sexy on screen, does. doesn't it? <laughs> I know. I said last time, I was like, I do not endorse smoking. It's terrible for you. But oh my God, I could watch Carol, Bl- <laughs> Carol Blanchett. Carol Blanchett. She should change her name. <laughs> yeah, I could watch Carol aired smoke all day. Yeah, okay. it's yeah, it's so glamorous in the way she holds the cigarette, you know, just half, half hold it, half as if it's falling from her hand. Um, when they're and, having you know, lunch, it, yeah, it's mm-hmm. so it, that is a beautiful performance of seduction when they're having lunch and when she's just like uh, another part where I scream the way she says Therese Belavet, and then she like blows yeah. the smoke, and then when Therese asks like, "Well, what's your?" You, what's your name? And she just, oh, she's the, the delivery perfect. Just inhale yeah. and then Carol and then like exhale. So it's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, she's perfect. That scene is so perfect. Um, and I love that Todd sort of leaves the camera. Like it's not a cut, it's not clean cuts. It's not when the person talking, the camera's on them. Mm-hmm. It's, it stays sometimes with the person not talking to get the reaction of the actor to what is being said. And yeah. so you kind of see both performances settling in. Yeah. The, the cuts are, are longer, allowing these performances to breathe, allowing you to be seduced too, because they're both being seduced by each other. Therese's innocence and Carol's um, experience yeah. um, sort of like what it what's what's attracting each of them to the other and you kind of see it when when he lets the camera on one or the other as they take him the other person there's talking to it's, yeah. it's such a beautiful scene so romantic and, yeah, seductive I could watch and sexy it's so it's it's hot it's one of the hottest things i've seen yeah it is really the sexiest thing and they don't they're not even they're not doing any you know what i mean it's just all underneath 
it's all underneath the surface, which yeah. oh, I love it. And um, yeah, I do wonder why Todd Haynes made that choice because he could have done, he did like kind of like a reverse, like a shot reverse shot. And mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm, I wonder why he didn't want them in frame together. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure why he made that choice. Well, I think it's just what I was just saying. Yeah. He wants you to to feel okay. what they're feeling, to see what they're looking at, to see like to yeah. get that what's attracting them to each other. And when, you know, the reverse shot and the letting it breathe sort of allows you to allows the audience in. Mm-hmm. Um it's he's a master director. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I love that scene. Um the music in this movie <laughs> the music in this movie is so much i love it so much mm-hmm. i listen to it all the time and it just puts me right back into the headspace of carol like i could be in my office i'll be like i'm gonna put carol on <laughs> it just and it just makes me it like transports me I, yeah I, it, it, is, does, it, it does is. a lot yeah it does a lot. And, you know, when you hear those things, when it starts at the beginning, when it's just like it's starting and you're like, oh, that feeling now, because we are so used to it and we've heard yeah. it a million times, you know, oh, it's Carol time. It's happening. Uh, it's like when you're it's like when you get on a roller coaster and you're waiting when you're like going up the ramp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what that is. Yeah. When, you, when yes. you hear the train sounds, you see the subway grate and then you hear the violins. You're like, yes, it's happening. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. love it. I love it so much. Um. Okay, so we talked a little bit about grace notes in this film. What are, what to you, what are the most romantic parts of this movie? Well, that scene we were just talking about, this the yeah. lunch seduction scene is really romantic. Um, I love when they, when she comes to pick her up um, to take her to New Jersey, as if New Jersey has ever been romantic, but just the idea <laughs> of them in the car as they're crossing um from new york to new jersey over the bridge and the yeah. lights come in and the, and the screen floods in green and floods back and then we go to the beginning of the film and then we're back and that scene is just so beautiful and the radio is on but it's also a muffled in the background because all they see is each other and visually he's representing people falling in love in in a way that you know that you're falling in love with the actors you're falling in love with the movie and you understand what the characters are feeling um so beautiful just visually it's stunned it's stunning like there's no other word um yeah I I love how when when that is shot, um, you can see Therese is looking at specific things. She looks a lot at Carol's hands, for mm-hmm. instance. She looks at yeah. her she looks at her coat, her nails, mm-hmm. and just like the little things that she is kind of obsessed obsessed with. Like even in the first scene when when uh, Carol comes up to her counter, you can see the camera several times. It goes right to Carol's hands. Right to those red nails. Yeah, yeah, and you, yeah. And you just see Therese just taking her in. And oh, speaking of grace notes, another one that I love is when <laughs> after, uh, again, lines, I could just say these lines over and over again. Carol's like, sold. <laughs> when she tells her. When she's buying the, the train set, like, yes. Yeah. Sold. And then uh, she's waiting to pay. You know, she has to fill out that account slip or whatever. But Therese is just like dumbstruck and she just stares at her instead for like three seconds <laughs> until yeah. until Carol has to say, um, am I going to pay, I pay or... now? Do I pay oh. now? I think. <laughs> and Therese is like, oh, yeah, yeah, she's falling in love already. She's falling in love already. She can't help herself. I like to play a game well, when I'm watching that scene where I'm like, okay, so let's assume, I know people have debated this, that Carol left the gloves on purpose. Are mm-hmm. you are you in that camp? Do you think she left them on purpose? Um, yes, I do think she left them on purpose because you know it's even alluded to when Hart says to her, "That's bold." When <laughs> she that. says, uh, "She returned my glove," then I invited her, and he's like, "That's bold." Yeah. yeah. So I like to play a game where I watch that scene and I go, "Okay, at what point does she decide she's going to do it?" And I kind of think it's when. Uh, after Therese gets all flustered and she starts filling out the slip, um, Kate watches her and <laughs> he like she gets kind of nervous and she like tucks her hair behind her ears. Yes, she, yes. And she just kind of like looks and stares and smiles at her. Oh, I just 
I'm like, I think at that point she's like, okay, I'm going for it. Yeah, I think so. I think that's when it happens. I agree with you. <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah, that's, I'll do that now where I watch and I'm like, when is Carol, like, what's Carol thinking? You know, when they're having lunch and I'm like, okay, when does Carol decide she's going to ask her to come, come to her house on Sunday? When does she... And in that last scene, you know, the scene where she finally says, I love you. I'm like, did she go there intending to do that? Or did she just run out of options and then decide I have nothing left? I I think that part of that character really likes to have a facade of total confidence and control. Mm -hmm. But after she, after Therese says no, you know, when she says, you know, I thought you might like to come live with me, but I guess you won't. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah. Well, that's the thing, you know, so so Therese's um, journey is like upwards, where Carol's is downwards, because the gulf between them is so huge in experience and age and sophistication and knowledge and wealth at the beginning. Uh And one of them is going down and the other is going up. So by that, I love what you said about, you know, you know, she has lost a lot, but that just makes her closer to Therese. And I think when they meet at the end, they're equals. And that's sort of like the beauty of the, of the love affair. Sometimes the timing is not right and you need to wait for the timing to be right. Yeah. I just love that it had been like four months or something. She hadn't talked to her. And she then, I mean, this is bold. She, she asks her out and then asks her to live with her. (laughs) Immediately. Yeah. She is following in the lesbian um, hall of fame footsteps. Like, you all, she's a you all lesbian, as Lydia Tarr said. Yeah, after, the, after they haven't <laughs> talked to each other in four months, like they slept. Like, together. Let's just move it. Yeah. They slept together once, and you know, and then she said, "Don't I think talk twice." To me. At oh, least you're right, twice. twice. And then she said, "Don't talk to me." She said, "Don't contact me." <laughs> at least twice. Yeah, I think yeah that that we see. I think it happened twice, but yeah, when I when uh when Teresa says no, no, I don't think so. And and uh, I wish we could have seen Carol's reaction to that. It stays on Rooney Mara's face. But um, mm-hmm. then she says, "Okay, I'll try something else. Would you like to come, Would you like to meet me for dinner later at the Oak Room?" No, no reaction. Finally, I'm like, "Is this when she just decides?" Okay, I'm gonna just tell her I love her now. I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, "What is Carol?" And then they're interrupted. Oh. oh, it's the worst. It's literally the worst timing. <laughs> the worst timing ever. That man has no timing. No, I, I, <laughs> I watched a, a Brief Encounter the other night on because it's on HBO Max. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And so you see how they I sort did. of were inspired by it. They took it, I think, scene for scene from that Brief shot. Encounter, yeah, and the they admitted it. Yeah. Where she puts her hand on her shoulder. Same, same mm-hmm. shot. But yeah, oh, I love it. I love it so much. Oh, I was just writing silly notes to myself when I was watching. Um, <laughs> I put when Carol leaves Therese the gloves, it's like her messaging first on Hinge. <laughs> <laughs> she's giving her the, the opening. She's like, she's taking the initiative there. <laughs> yes, she definitely is taking the initiative. Yes. And then I put, um, I put Carol, it's cuffing season. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I I find myself thinking about what Carol's life was before she met Therese. Um, mm-hmm. There's that line when she's visiting her lawyer when she finds out about the morality clause. Oh, the morality uh, clause. Morality a clause. morality clause. I love. Oh, I, I love, love that line reading. I love <laughs> her voice is is everything. Um, yeah. But when the the lawyer is like, well. I won't mince words with you. And then he goes, Abby Gerhard. But then he goes, I don't know the exact line, but he says something like, well, they're alleging a number of associations. <laughs> and then he goes, let's just say a pattern of behavior. So I'm like, okay, so how many relationships has Carol had? And how many Therese's are in Carol's past? Like, is she someone who in her, this like rarefied social sphere she occupies there are other lesbian women you know wealthy housewives I'm like so yeah what's going on in Carol's past I just wonder about that 
I mean, Carol is something, and I think this is one of the things that, you know, Kate doesn't send off the edges of this character. Like, she's very deliberate in that she has power over Therese. You know, the yeah. the, the expensive gifts, the, the boldness in inviting her home, mm -hmm. the things that, all these things that she does, it's obvious that she's done them before. Yeah. Um, she's, ex she's an experienced 40-something woman. Yeah. And so um, she's lived a full life, and she has the money and the power and the time and the and the looks to seduce a lot of younger women should she choose to and she probably did I don't know how many but there is probably a couple at least if not more yeah I would assume because everything comes easy to her she's a little flustered by by Therese which is yeah. why then she recognizes that these are genuine feelings and not not something that she could just move on from or like continue amusing, amusing yeah. herself or yeah or continue being married or continue being away from her or whatever she's flummoxed by the these feelings yeah. that she develops for Therese but at the beginning these are all sort of calculated smooth moves that yeah. she has probably done before invite yeah. me around <laughs> <laughs> yes she kind of does a version of that. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I just imagine other, this could be an HBO miniseries, but of just, you know, like the Lavender Sewing Circle. Like I yeah, just imagine yeah. these very glamorous, sophisticated women who have their lives revolve around cocktail parties and they've all hooked up with each other. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably something it. like that. I think, so another scene I love that uh, I think I don't think many people think of is that when she's at that party, the Chris, is it her in-laws house she's at? That that party with Hard? The party is just, a, it's friends of hers and Hard. Yeah. So I don't think it's her in-laws, yeah. but her in-laws were there. Yeah. But when the, so that's when she gets annoyed when Hard is like, Cy Harrison's wife. And she goes, Jeanette, she has a name. Yeah. But yeah. then later on, Jeanette is like, oh, my husband hates when I smoke. Uh, And Carol's like, well, you like it. And she lights her yeah. cigarette. I was like, I bet Jeanette just thinks Carol is like the coolest person. I don't know yes. if she has I don't know if she has a crush on Carol, but she thinks she's so cool. <laughs> yes, I think everybody wants to be Carol, yeah. including Therese and you and I. So <laughs> <laughs> like, do I want her? Do I want to be her? And the answer is both. <laughs> yes. I just want to be her. Um oh. I think I want her. <laughs> oh. Fair. I, I, I want both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. Oh, this movie is so perfect. Oh, I love it so much. And it's so fun to talk about it um, and mm -hmm. to see it again. You know, it's nice to see it, you know, through your eyes and to see all the things that you have noticed because it's so rich, such a rich text and everybody sees different things. And that's the beauty of it and the beauty of how when you watch it, you kind of find new things or when you talk to someone, you find new things that are in it and you haven't thought of them, which is beautiful. It's it's such a, a great film uh, for that reason, among many other reasons. I know. Yes, I could do a whole breakdown of it. And I am glad it's a, a film, like it was a major motion picture. But part of me is also like, oh, I wish Todd would have made this a mini series like he did with Mildred Pierce, because then we'd have more. <laughs> We'd have more, but you know what? It wouldn't be as good. I'm yeah. I'm kind of like, I think it's perfect as it is. I don't yeah. think I want more. Um, I would like a, a completely different movie maybe about Abby. Um, oh, really? If we're going to do something, we should do something that's not Carol and Therese. And it should be maybe a prequel with Abby. Yeah. Um, and by completely other director, somebody as good as Todd. But you do want something different. Because um, it's just... If any, if you compare it to anything, it's just not, it's not going to be in that other works <laughs> favor. <laughs> Celine Siama's um, Carol prequel. <laughs> I, I, I'd watch that, especially if she gets um, Adele Hanel with her. That would oh, be amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love Adele Hanel. Love her. Yeah. And, sh and she's talked about how much she loves Carol. I did see an interview with her. She's like, oh, really? She did? Oh, of course. Of course she loves it. Who who wouldn't love Carol? Yeah. Like. Right. She has she has stays. She has eyes. <laughs> very French and very sophisticated. <laughs> yes. Um. So I was thinking about. I know this might be blasphemous to you, but I was like, okay, well, if we couldn't have Kate in this part, like it's let's say mm. yeah, for whatever reason, let's just say like, oh, we had to recast it, whatever. I I, I remember listening to another podcast where they were like. 
Oh, I know what it was. It was, there was another podcast called Kid Manifesto and it's about Nicole Kidman. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nicole Kidman cannot play this part. I, no. I can't see her in it. Um, Nicole Kidman plays these fragile women whose emotions are always available, who like are icy and fragile. And just if you touch them, they're going to fall down and break like glass. She, I don't think she has it in her to play someone as sophisticated as in control as Carol. I don't see her at all in this film. I mean, the only thing that I think Nicole Kidman has that can offer this is her blonde hair and that's about it. Yeah, Phyllis Naj talked about how when she was writing it, because, you know, she was on this project since like 1997. Mm -hmm. Before she, you know, before I think the movie Elizabeth even came out. So Mm -hmm. she was like, well, when I was writing it, I, I was envisioning grace kelly but specifically from rear window that's Mm. what she kind of thought of i was like yeah and uh, i think an actress i really like um is vanessa kirby i Mm. think you in the the crown and then i know she's in i think it's she plays like josephine and yeah well maybe in a in i don't know 10 15 years i think she's too young to play her now yeah i mean i would just say marlena dietrich i mean bring her from the dead and (laughs) <laughs> if we if we can't have Kate, that's the only other replacement yeah. I'll take. <laughs> I just think she's got Vanessa Kirby. She's got um, there's something intense in her eyes, and she's got um, she looks great in period garb and with the blonde yeah. and the uh, yeah. something really like sexy and dangerous about her and yeah. like sharp. <laughs> yeah, I mean I like Vanessa Kirby, but I just take issue with your question. Uh, there is no one but Kate Blanchett. Let's just put it. Let me just make make myself clear. <laughs> As I said, blasphemy to Murtada. <laughs> no, I'm obsessed with Kate. I am obsessed with Kate in this. I, I am. Yeah. Um, but, uh, okay, more fun. Uh, one fun question is what's your favorite? All right, let's go. What's your favorite look? Favorite look? Oh, oh my God. Um, I mean, it has to be that coat. The, the fur coat, coat. The fur coat and with the red hat and... Just that look, you know, that you described earlier in our conversation where she looks at her and then she vanishes and then she comes out and she comes back into focus. And it's that it's that look and it, it's iconic and it's iconic for a reason um, because she just looks amazing. Um, and that's the first time Therese sees her and the first time, you know, it's not the first time the audience sees her because we see her before that. But it's the first time we realize mm-hmm. what she is and how yeah perfect and beautiful and and just you know why the movie's called carol that's when you realize why they <laughs> called it carol <laughs> this is her obsession <laughs> yeah i love her look in that i love the, her look in the last scene um, mm, yes suit and she wears that silhouette so well that mm-hmm. i don't it, i mean she doesn't it's like a they're both wearing period appropriate underwear they're wearing those mm-hmm. like cone bras that women used to wear <laughs> where they just look yeah. like they're wearing, it, another thing it makes it look like they're both just or well carol she looks like she's wearing a suit of armor underneath her yeah clothing. yes um yes. and her posture Which, so good yeah. yeah and all of that fits the character she's yeah. somebody about exteriors about presentation right and the heel she's always got those heels on mm-hmm. uh, i love how she's barefoot when she's uh, she's trying to wrap that train set, but as soon as Hard shows up, she's like, "Whoop!" Put the heels back on. Put my armor back on. <laughs> um, but I I love that silhouette. It's she usually wears like um the shoulders are usually wide, and she's got a beautiful waistline, and then like a it's a very sexy look from the, the early fifties. The curves and it's like a pencil skirt thing. I know Phyllis Naj was saying that someone was asking her why did you set it when you did? Cause I, I, it's officially, I think it's like December, 1952 mm-hmm. to April, 1953. But I guess the book is, is uh, I think it's set in like 1948. Oh, okay. <laughs> Phyllis Naj goes the clothes. <laughs> she goes, <laughs> yes. it's a stupid reason, but it's not a stupid reason. She goes, it's not, it's not the, at all. She said the clothes were way sexier and more flattering. Mm-hmm. Like 48, it was still kind of recovering from, post from the war yeah and in 1952 that's when you get high glamour and sophistication mm-hmm. like oh yes yeah. that's not a dumb reason that's like 
Oh, That's really? the best reason. Can you imagine <laughs> if we didn't get the high glamour and sophistication? <laughs> I know. And they yeah. also they had to piece that fur coat together because I guess it was period yeah. from like yes. you know, it was like a 70-year-old coat that was falling apart. So they were literally mm-hmm. like tacking it together just to shoot that scene. Yeah, oh my God. I mean, Sandy Powell is such a master um costume designer. And when she works with Kate, it's just like two masters. Because Kate, I think, is one of the best actors mm-hmm. who understand what the costume mean to the performance. And she's someone who just looks great in everything. But yep. also she, the costumes give her, like as she's talked in interviews, that her way into the performance is meeting with the costume designer, is trying on what she's going to be wearing. And that sort of lets her, um, you know, become the character. And when she works with Sandy, you can tell that that is a symbiotic relationship, you know, in The Aviator, they that, you know, <laughs> she turned her into Catherine Hepburn and all those iconic things that, that you know, looked great on Catherine Hepburn, but looked great on Kate as Catherine Hepburn in Cinderella as, you know, oh. the evil stepmother. Like when they, when they're together, when they work together, it's, it's fantastic. So much plaid. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It looks great. It looks really good. I'm yeah. not a plaid person. I don't think it looks great on me. But all three of the women in this, the th- three mm-hmm. characters, they all wear plaid at some point. They do. And they look amazing in it. Yeah. yeah. Rooney Mara in, the, in that last scene with that. Yeah. She looks so good. She looks that amazing. that 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 costume is amazing. That's my favorite oh. look for. Uh, yeah, sure. I agree with you, too. She looks amazing. She but looks, she's yeah. 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 It and looks you, like she stepped off the cover of vogue like 1952 mm-hmm. love yeah, yeah. and you know the costumes for her are also perfect because that hat which is at the beginning it's kind of awkward and not that pretty oh, but it's yeah but it's perfect for somebody like her a shop girl who's just you know in her early 20s who doesn't really know how to dress herself um it's perfect that well, <laughs> when they meet for lunch you see the complete divide Yes, huge gap because Carol is the most sophisticated person I've ever seen, Um, and Therese looks like a baby. (laughs) She's wearing; she looks like one of those dolls that she's selling. She's got like a little schoolgirl white blouse and a little jumper and a headband, and she's got Rindy's haircut, which is so funny. (laughs) She does have Rindy's hair. I laughed so hard. I never thought of that. I laughed so hard. I was listening to, I think it was like episode two of the one you did about Carol, but your guest pointed out that there's a sign behind Therese that says mommy's baby. Mommy's baby. Yes. Yes. Is, yes. No, Therese is mommy's baby. And then. Yeah. Um, when, that was Shayna. Yes. <laughs> and then when, when she invites Carol over to her apartment and they're looking at the photos and Carol gets emotional, mm-hmm. like, before, like right before she starts getting really emotional, she sees that picture of Therese from when she was a baby or like a three or four year old. She mm-hmm. looks like Rindy. <laughs> she does look like Rindy, which also kind of adds to like, you know, the layers of this relationship. Right. Right. Yeah. Have you read the book? I have read the book. Yes. Yeah. And that's more, you know, it was written in the, like kind of the height of um, Freud mania mm-hmm. in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, like the mommy issues are not even it's not even subtext in the in the book. yeah they're they're clearer in the book but also the book is you know it's a first it's a first narrative so um yeah. so it's from Teresa's point of yeah. view and you never get a lot about Carol she remains a mystery and this is what I love about Phyllis Nodge's work here is that she makes Car- Carol into okay. a completely it's a complete character. So you get her. I but love you also, that. Yeah. And, and it's it's beautiful work. Like she keeps the, the spirit of the book and the story. She but she also she also gives dimension to Carol. Yeah. And we get that amazing book ending, which mm-hmm. is not in the book, which I am obsessed with. Oh, the I ending is so beautiful. I One of the best endings of all time, right? Such a perfect ending. And, you yeah. know, perfect. It's They're just... It's you know, so you saw you saw my husband in the background. This mm-hmm. is not his first choice, Carol. I made him watch it with me last year and he cried. Oh, that and oh, I love that. He cried at the <laughs> See, end. He's, he's a he's a keeper. Now you know that you, you he's a very straight man, but he <laughs> cried at the end of Carol. It's so beautiful. 
It's gorgeous. It really it's is gorgeous. And you know, it's um, and it's just I love that it is not an entirely happy ending. It's just it's just hopeful. It's an opening. It's it's, it's, it's an opening. Yes, it's not an ending exactly. And it. it's just like there it, there might be something happening. Um, mm -hmm. and this something is probably going to be beautiful. There's and at least the possibility, which the is the possibility. And yeah. all of these pulp movies, not movies, but pulp novels written at the time where they had to end in disaster mm -hmm. <laughs> this one there's like a possibility and that and that's almost better than your traditional happily ever after it's just the hope like like there's that i have um have you seen the hours yeah of course yeah oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah i didn't want to assume but um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. when meryl it, that scene where meryl is like uh Claire Danes is her daughter when they're lying mm. on the bed, when they're lying mm -hmm. on the bed and, and Meryl says, perfect scene. Yeah. And Meryl says something like when she was in her twenties or whatever, when mm -hmm. she was with the uh, Richard and um, the, I don't remember Jeff Daniels, they were all like 20 and they mm -hmm. were staying at some beach house or whatever. And Meryl says, she like woke up one morning. She goes, there was just a feeling of possibility. And I mm -hmm. thought this is the beginning of happiness. And she goes, no, that wasn't the beginning. That was happiness. It was so, it. Yeah. Yes. It. So I almost yeah. love the feeling of possibility more than seeing them riding off in the sunset. Yeah. I mean, I love that scene because that's so poetic because as you're living something and you're feeling happy, you sort of at the moment you're not, you know, you that's are right. happy, but you're not, not worried thinking yeah. this will last forever. But when you look back at it, you're like, oh, that was so amazing, You're which is what Meryl is saying. Yes. Yeah. They're just in, they're in it. And they're in it. Yeah. Everything about how that shot and their performances, you can tell they're just in the moment together. And it's, it's, it's one of the best endings of all time. I think, I think yes. they could put it up there. It, it It's up there with a lot of fantastic movie endings. Yes. yes. What are your feelings on the last shot of Kate's performance in that final image of her smiling <laughs> oh my god i love it also it's not a full smile it's a it's half like, smile like a smize like a smize yeah she's just like just you know cocks her head and just slightly smiles and i think it's perfect because she's like oh this is this might be happening and and then it goes to black and you're like oh, oh perfect like what more do you want from a film than perfect. to end with that half smile and like you said the sense of possibility yeah, it reminds me of, speaking of Adele and Ellen, Celine Sciamma, very different movie, but Portrait of a Lady on Fire, similar mm -hmm. ending. You know, there's a lingering um, shot of uh, so, just someone's face, mm -hmm. no dialogue, just the performance of Adele and Elle processing all of those emotions, remembering. Mm -hmm. And I think I was reading an interview where Adele and Elle was saying that Celine Sciamma told her the ending, it had to end on an inhale of just... <gasps> And um, uh, yeah, that feeling of just opening up. And in that movie, a lot of people are like, it's another sad lesbian movie. But I'm like, it doesn't strike me that way because it strikes me as wonderful that they had that relationship and chose to end it when they did. And if they wanted to, they could, they could reconnect, but it was their yeah. choice. It was their choice. Yeah, right? It was their choice. Yes. Oh, that movie is beautiful too, but it's a completely different content. Totally right. different. Totally yeah. different. So yeah. Anyway, this was so fun. I'm I'm so glad I got you to come on. I was like, this oh, thank you. I had so much fun talking to you. Thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast and giving me the chance to talk more about Carol. I love that movie. And our conversation was so fun for me. Thanks so much. It was so super much. fun. Would you like to share how our listeners can find you? Sure. You can find me at Variety where I... Um, review films and I write other things there too um, on Twitter or X I am at me underscore says on Instagram I am at Murtada M-U-R-T-A-D M-U-R-T-A-D-A underscore E um, and I also host the Izzy and Murtada picture show which you can find wherever you find podcasts. And is that Izzy from Be Kind Rewind? Yes, it's Izzy from her. Be Kind Rewind. I love yes. her. And she did the last episode, the Carol episode with you. Yes, yes. So oh, yeah. Stuff. Yeah, Izzy and I are um, good friends. And now we have this podcast together. Yeah, that's so great. I'm going to go like download it immediately because I didn't know yes. you, I didn't know about it. I only knew about Sundays with Kate. And I love her channel. I love I love everything she does. So that's so she's awesome. She's wonderful. She's so fantastic. Yes. 
That's super great. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much, Mertada. This was such a pleasure. And uh, one I'll probably revisit just to remember Carol season, like every time Carol, <laughs> Carol season rolls around, I'll listen to my, <laughs> my, my um, trilogy of Carol episodes. So thank yes. you so much. Happy Carol season. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Carol season. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye.